Okay, here we go. We're actually trying this. Can't believe it. But um, I guess I should play the good host. Welcome to the as of yet unnamed podcast, preliminarily named Drew and Hannah Make a Podcast podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'm Drew Trahan. This is Hannah. I'm Hannah Josie. Um, we live in, shall we say, the tri-state area. Not be too specific here. The tri-state area of what, Montana? The tri-state area of America. There's only one tri-state area. No. Have you not Del heard this Marva? before? Delmarva. Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Tri-state area. No one outside of those three states cares about that area. Well, no this is a thing. Do we have to Google this? Do, do uh, we have to go? Are we already We are not something? even Excuse a minute me? into this. There's are... so many tri-state areas. <laughs> Does the producer need to Google this and find out? Oh, am I the producer now? I do have Shh, producing credits no, we under have a, my name. We have a producer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, wink. Come on, Matt. <laughs> is, is it Matt? It's Matt. Matt, look it up. Matt. Takes so long to look things up. <laughs> I swear, this is a thing. I'm not just like crazy here. There are a number of areas in the eastern contiguous <laughs> United States known as tri-state areas. Well, the tri-state area that includes New York City. We are in New York City. We are in, in <laughs> New York City, yes. So now that that's out of the way... <laughs> um. We've always wanted to try a podcast, and one of the topics that we enjoy the most is Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's so how we met. It is how we met, yeah. On our, our first date, we went to the finale of season six, Winds of Winter, yeah. watched it in a crowded bar in the tri-state area. Of New York. Of New York, and it was awesome. Um, so, we don't know what this podcast is going to be long-term, but for this time, we're doing our top 25 favorite Game of Thrones characters. And this is favorites. This isn't objectively who is the best character. This is the characters that speak to us and that yeah. we like the most. Um, I tried to be a little more fair. I didn't just like, if there was someone funny who had like one cool scene. Yeah, you it's know, not like, that's you not know, quite enough. Hodrick, the three-legged sex god. Was number one on my list. He's on. He's on. I'll mention. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, yeah. He's in there. He's God. <laughs> um, great boy. But yeah, I, so I guess we'll just dive into sort of how we went about ranking this. Um, I, I'll go first. Um, when I was crafting my list, I divided people into tiers. I think I have. Let me double check. I think I have six tiers. And it looks like I have five tiers. Ignore me. And basically, the tiers are. If I can make an argument for one character above another, they're in the same tier together. Um, and just sort of things I prioritize, obviously, characters I enjoy mm-hmm. is number one, um, whether they're important or not. Um, but then also, you know, how much are they in the show? How much influence do they have on events in the show? How dynamic are they as a character? I'm a fan of. I realize I'm a fan of characters that evolve over time. There's a lot of characters who are relatively static. I would say Cersei, as much as I love her. Is a, yeah, she's she, relatively static. She, she just little, intensifies. Yeah, she gets a little crazier, she maybe. She intensifies. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, what about you? How'd you go about this? Uh, I had a much less of a structured methodology, but what I started out doing was... Uh, listing out all the Game of Thrones characters I could off the top of my head, and Game of Thrones characters that I liked. We so, should we should be clarify here. We're basing this on the show only. 
for the most part. With background from the books to some books. Yes. And yes. I have read all five books. I have the read the second and the third and half of the first because <laughs> I got bored with the first since it's basically just the first season. It's rehashing the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we both have book experience, him more so. Um, I guess you'd say only, we're only considering characters that appear in the show. Yes. But for characters that are in the show and the book, I guess I factored the book in a little bit. Yeah, I think the book is important to factor in, but um, at the same time, the show has added such an interesting dynamic to a lot of characters, especially ones that didn't get the same kind of attention in the books, so I know it's definitely impacted my rankings. Um, but your general but your general strategy for going about this? My general strategy, I listed out all the characters that I liked that I could think of, and basically, you know, oh, if I can think of these you know, 20 characters off the top of my head, that probably means I like them. Of course, I miss some people, um, stupidly, but mm. so got that list assembled. So I had my 25 and kind of just started bulleting out reasons why I like each of them. And as I did that, it kind of helped um, me move people up and down mm. on the list. And finally, I kind of determined, uh, you know, the order of things. And of course, I'm still questioning all of it. <laughs> But, yeah, we'll probably look back on this podcast a day from now and yeah. be pulling our hair out about why did I rank it that yeah. way. It especially, was so dumb. Especially with this last season of Game of Thrones, it drastically changed some characters and it had some certain characters make very questionable choices and I feel like that kind of impacted my perception of a lot of them. It did for me too. Um, so it would have been interesting to see how I would have ordered it maybe two years ago versus now. But Yeah, I think... This will come out as you dive in more into the list, but we have different preferences when it comes to the seasons. Mm-hmm. I should say definite preferences. Um, we were not very high on season seven of Game of Thrones. No. Um, it had its moments, but it had its, a lot of issues too, which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into in greater depth. I think my, my general strategy um, was like I would pick a character compare them to another character and rank those. Mm-hmm. And then I would take a third character, compare it to one. Is it better than that person? No. Yeah. Is it better than the next person? No. So then it's third and so mm-hmm. on and so on. And there's some weird comparisons. Like how do you compare Torment to Cal Drogo? <laughs> like <laughs> what those characters have in common. It's completely random. Um, I guess the last thing before we really dive into it is honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, Notable characters that did not make our list. Speaking of Khal Drogo, he did not make my list. He didn't make mine either. A little too rapey. A little rapey. A lot of rapey. And he just didn't do a whole lot. Yeah. He had one cool fight scene when he, like, ripped that guy's tongue out. Yeah. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. It's like the dude threatens Daenerys. Oh. So he, like, cuts his neck, reaches his hand in, and pulls the tongue out through his neck. Why haven't you done that for me before? Because no one will fuck with me. You're right. They wouldn't dare. Wow. They wouldn't dare. Powerhouse. But, so I have an entire list of people that I considered and didn't list. Me too. I'll run through some of them. What's the biggest, who is the biggest okay. character you've left off your list? Okay, sure. So, I have two really notable. Mm-hmm. And they are Theon Greyjoy mm-hmm. and Bran Stark. <gasps> I even forgot to leave Bran Stark off of my missing list. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, oh. Which is so interesting because he is, he has like the purest hero's journey of anyone in 
the show, I would argue. Maybe John Snow is up there, too. But, you know, this happy kid, very simple life, tragic event strikes, he goes in search of a mentor, finds the mentor, mentor dies, he has to go save the world. That is a very pure character arc. And really, the first episode is built from his perspective of the show. Mm -hmm. He's sort of your window into the world. Yeah. And you could argue he's like up there with John and Danny as the main character I mean, of yeah. the show. He he along with John Aaron's death are is what really puts things in motion. Precipitates everything. Yeah. But I why is he not on my list? I, I just don't care about him. Find his story dull. Yeah. Um I don't like his sidekicks. I find him whiny and his haircut really bothers me, <laughs> which is so petty, but it's yeah. one of those visceral aesthetic things I just can't get past. He, I, he really irritates me. I think it's telling that they were able to leave him out mm. of an entire season mm-hmm. and no one really cared and the plot wasn't really affected by it. No. Basically, his whole story was to lead him up to the point where he could tell Jon Snow about his parentage. That's his only function, that, at least in the show. At least so far. He may play yeah. a greater role and in I the, hope the so. final I, showdown. I hope that Bran... Because what a great, interesting character in premise. Yeah. But he... I just don't care. I don't care about him either. Um, he's just turned into an exposition device. Yeah. Like you said, he's yeah. only there to tell the other characters the things they need to hear before the final battle. Yeah. Which is, it plays a role in the story, but it doesn't mean I don't know. I think see it, him on my screen. I think it would have been a lot more interesting if they showed Bran struggling with his kind of loss of humanity as he takes on the role of the Third Eye Raven. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you see Bran and he's not human anymore. He's just like, I'm sorry, I can't empathize, I can't you know, smile. He sits there and yeah. says creepy shit. But you would think that you would be aware of that and it would be like, I'm missing a part of myself. And that would have been an interesting transformation. But no, no. it just happens. I think part of that is the lack of time in season seven. Oh, um, of course, yeah. The number of episodes was cut down. Yeah. So they didn't have time for those quiet moments when you get those more human elements. Yeah. Characters like Bran. Um, and looking back at my list, my list is built off of a lot of those quiet moments. It is, That's yeah. What makes a character. The big plot beats aren't as important to me either. Um, so Theon was my other one. Then we can get into your your sure. mentions. Um, Theon was also on mine. I can sit. Looking back, I probably should have found a, a spot for him because I did enjoy him in the first two seasons of the show, particularly season two when he was attacking Winterfell mm-hmm. and. This young, clearly overmatched punk kid trying to lead these, like, wild savages. Mm-hmm. Totally over in over his head. Um, willing to murder random children and burn their bodies to not look like a fool. Yeah, but um, still not strong enough to actually do, do anything. the job. <laughs> um, and then he just, he turns into this, like, piece of meat <laughs> basically yeah. i think it's all of season three season four maybe into season five yeah. he's just getting tortured the entire time which is not fun to watch or compelling mm-hmm. really um i think he's handled much better in the books um because you get more into his head and you really see um the desperate struggle inside of himself to remind to remember that he's Reek and not the end anymore um 
for whatever reason, that didn't land for me in the show the same way. Um, and now in season seven, I remember the, the most recent episode, the finale of season seven, he has this scene where he like beats up the crew of Ironman. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go save my sister. And I'm the whole time just thinking, can we get to a character I care about, please? Um, and that's a bad sign. Yeah. So he didn't make it for me. Yeah. No, me neither. I mean, again, in theory, it would be an interesting character, but the way he's handled is too much torture porn. I, I, I have found him more interesting in the last couple seasons as he's trying to reclaim his identity. I think it was a great choice to have him stand down. You know, all he thought about growing up was becoming the next Lord of the Iron Islands. And then you see him stand down and give it over to his sister because she's more qualified and because he wants to support her. Um, Not because it's, because he knows it's not for him. And I thought that was a great choice, but it, it just, at that point it was too little too late. Yeah. I will say, um, and fuck him for not like interrupting that Sansa Ramsey scene. That whole scene as a, as a whole was was not, not it's one of those situations where you're like, Dozens of people had to sign off on this before it got to TV. It's How like, did no one like say, hey guys, yeah. you shouldn't film a rape scene by focusing on some guy who's not really even involved in the scene. It's just, um, it just didn't, didn't go well. Um, I will say, I did enjoy the scene um, where he's on the burning ship and uh, his uncle, Euron, grabs... Yara. Mm, and he, it's Yara, right? It's Yara in the show, yeah. It, but it's like Asha. It's in the Asha book. in the book. Anyway, um, and it's like Theon's moment to be a hero. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't do anything. He jumps off the boat. I thought that was realistic in a way that works for Game of Thrones. One of the best parts yeah. of Game of Thrones is it's realistic. Characters act how they would act in the real world. There's real world consequences for that. Yeah. And they fail. Um, if he had gone Super Saiyan mode, <laughs> and destroyed everyone and gotten his sister back, that would have been ridiculous. Um, and then jumping off, hey, someone who suffered that level of trauma, I thought that was very yeah. a very good choice by the writers, but yeah. not enough to get on my list. No. So who, who else do you have that didn't make it? So I have two pretty heavy hitters on my did not make list. Let's hear it. The first is Ned. <laughs> I think... Well, I'll be talking about Ned much later. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. He's, he's very, he ranked very well for me. Oh. I think a big part is that I didn't get on the Game of Thrones train until, I think, right before the season three premiere. Okay. So yeah, I didn't I, have that buildup where I saw Ned and got attached to him. I always knew he died. And mm. sure, he's honorable and he's idealistic, and that's great, and he seemed to be a good father and a good husband, but he didn't actually really prepare his kids for any of what was to come. It was his choices ended up screwing people over. I will argue with this once we get to Ned. That's fair. How about we save Ned? Okay, when, we he, will, when we come to my list, we, will save we, Ned. we can debate. I have lots of notes on Ned. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, who's number two? Number two for me. <laughs> You're gonna hate me for this. I also left off Sam. Okay. I know. He's a vital character, and he has done some things that have really been important for the plot, and there are things I admire about him, but he gets so much attention in the books and the series when he's not really doing much, and I just find myself, okay, can we move on? Like, seeing him in the Citadel, 
I didn't need that whole montage of him scooping poop. I didn't need that. <laughs> like, great, he cured Jorah, okay, but can we move on to, you know, discovering the mysteries behind the White Walkers or something? I just, I've always felt very impatient about Sam. Um, and I admire him, and he's a good character, but he's just not one of my favorites. How would you, how would you balance your personal enjoyment of a character versus their importance in the story? That conflicted me a little bit. Um, Were you not? I found I wasn't as consistent as I would have liked with that. No, it varied. No, like John and Daenerys for me. Like spoiler alert. Obviously, they're going to be ranked pretty high. But that's also because I genuinely enjoy their plot lines and find them to be very interesting characters despite some of the, you know, lower points. But with someone like Sam, I just found his chapters in the books especially to be a slog to get through because he's constantly like, I can't go on any further. <laughs> My legs are killing me. Carry me through he's the snow. He's a pussy, is what you're saying here. Yeah, he's a pussy. <laughs> um, which is like a real, like, that's exactly how I would feel if I were in that situation. Of course, I'd be like, fuck my life. But, I don't know. It just doesn't make for as interesting of a read. Um, he did make my list. Not very high. Yeah. But he did make my list. I just found, like, I felt more, not passionate, but I really enjoyed smaller characters more than Sam, so I gave the smaller characters the position on the list that he would have filled. That's fair. You have to be yeah. honest to how you really feel. Exactly. And I think there are more. There are some smaller characters that are truly complex and have interesting backstories that I want to know more about, whereas with Sam, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I have more thoughts, a couple more thoughts on Sam, but we'll save it for okay. later. Yes. Um, so the general format here is, I think... I will start off this with my number 25. Okay. And we'll do yours. Sure. Then we'll do your 24, and then my 24, and then my 23, and we'll sort of snake through okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep us on track. Don't worry. Cool. Thank you. And if one of us has a character and the other person has them higher, we will wait until we get onto the, on the higher person's list. That way we're not talking about the same character twice. Let's hope I remember all my characters. Well, that's why you have a bunch of lists on your phone. <laughs> so true. I will go ahead and start on the list. So excited. I know. We've been building up to this for like we've several been, weeks we've now. We've been waiting. We were waiting for mics that did not arrive. We're just we're using GarageBand. Keeping it simple. Mm-hmm. Um, so my 25 is Joffrey Baratheon. Oh. Uh, did Joffrey make your list? He did make my list. I will say when I said, hold on, I'm moving someone, I was moving Joffrey. <laughs> okay. I actually moved him up. So he's higher. Okay. Well, then uh-huh. we will wait. On Good King Joffrey, may he rest in peace. And we'll right. go to year number 25. My 25 is Braun. Braun Iyer. <laughs> so there's going to be a little a, a bit here where we're just kind of bouncing. Yeah. And, and so then we'll finally start. Then we will. I'll wait to my, my number 24. Wait, I think. No, is it? It's my number 24. Oh, right? I'm, already, I'm already screwing Come up. On, man. You, you, you just, I just said, said I was I'll in charge. I'll keep this on track. That's we, not a good start. We both know who's actually in, you know, in charge here. I let her think that. It keeps oh, her happy. Oh. So you're number 24. My number 24 is Melisandre. Did not make my list. Let's hear about Melisandre. Okay. To be honest, I forgot about her. <laughs> See, Melisandre. <laughs> but she wouldn't have made it anyway. It's fine. <laughs> I almost didn't put her on my list. But I think she's a very interesting character in terms of um, her evolution in the later seasons. So she's starting to really cast a doubt on her faith. And you can really see the toll it has on her. Um, which is fascinating. 
to me. I should say before we get too much deeper, there are going to be times when we're both like, what happened with that one character, that one scene? Oh, that we don't have it memorized. Yeah. So with Alessandra, her faith was broken when Stannis died. Yeah, so Stannis' whole thing failed. She sacrificed Shireen for nothing. Right, oh, okay. Shireen, yes. love you. Did not make my list. But Me either, but all right. Blessed child. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so she, everything failed when she was so, so certain that this was the way things were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And sure, things are rekindling now, but you can really see that there's still kind of a doubt left in her, especially after she was cast out um, by John and Davos, once they realized, you know, what she had actually done for Stannis. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that scene where you see her take off her collar and right. it's revealed that she's actually like a million years old. And just seeing that, I want to know more about her. I would love to know about her backstory. Um, you might not know this, but in the fifth book, there's a POV chapter from her perspective. Okay. Re- just like that one? There. It's... Again, this is where my lack of encyclopedic knowledge comes to bite me, but I believe in that chapter you find out that she is old. Interesting. I know you find out in the books. I'm not yeah. sure it's in that chapter exactly, but it's... But we still don't know why. It's interesting, because she... I I know for myself, reading through the books, um, I read... So I, I watched the first two seasons of the show. Then between two seasons, seasons two and season three, I read... All five books mm-hmm. in a rush. My freshman year of college, I was I was antisocial. I was reading Game of Thrones and making friends, which not I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> you had a girlfriend. You were um, fine. I did. Yeah, I was I was well taken care of. But <laughs> no, it was just for Excuse you, man. Excuse me. That was just for you. No, you weren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in, as I was reading through the books, I was very skeptical. That Melisandre believed everything she was saying. I figured she was like a, like a Varus or a Littlefinger. She's just mm. scheming. But when you read her chapter, she's a true believer. Yeah, and you see it in the show too. And then in the show, you see that faith broken. That's yeah. a, that's an interesting point of view. I don't want to consider that. Also, like, um, it takes balls to give birth to a shadow demon baby <laughs> in a sewer. It's not, like, not very hygienic. That's. That's why, da- that's why Davos was so horrified. He was like, oh my god, yeah. on the ground? Seriously? Yeah. Really? Do you god. want me to lay out a towel for you? <laughs> and she's hot. That, that doesn't hurt. I mean, yeah. And she's also Dutch. I actually follow her on Twitter. Because What's her name? Carice Van Houten? Car- yes. Why don't I know that? <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Is her name this exact name that I know perfectly? Yeah. Fun fact, I took a year of Dutch in college. So I follow her as a way to, quote, <laughs> keep up my Dutch. <laughs> that's right. And <laughs> quote. Absolutely. I yeah no it doesn't work very well. But, Melisandre's yeah. an interesting pick no, for sure. My twenty four. Okay, so my twenty four is Oberyn Martell. Really, is that low? Do you have Oberyn? He's higher. He's higher for me. Well, then I'll keep waiting. I'll move it to my. I will move up to my twenty three. I think I got this one yes. down right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is Mance Raider. Oh. Now this is one of those picks that's influenced by the book. Um, I wasn't as impressed with Mance in the show as the book, mm-hmm. but okay. So word for word in my notes, I have this guy is American as fuck. He just wants to be free. <laughs> um, and one theme that I identified in my ranking series that I enjoy characters who challenge the traditional uh, arist- aristocratic um, sort of tradition bound system mm-hmm. in Westeros and that's Mance to a T um, 
his origin story, for lack of a better word, is awesome. Like, he was, his black cloak was destroyed on a ranging, and um, some wilding woman gave him red silk string mm-hmm. and cleaned up his cloak for him. And then when he, when he got back to Castle Black, they confiscated it because it wasn't all black. Um, and that was the tipping point for Vance. I find that a very interesting story. Very and then he, he is a fundamentally good character who is willing to do incredible violence. He will massacre the entire Night's Watch if he has to. But the reason he does it is to get his people to safety. Um, he, really before anyone recognizes the danger mm-hmm. that's coming, the, the sort of creeping apocalyptic threat that the entire show is about fundamentally but everyone else is too busy playing their game of thrones and fighting over seats and this guy gets it ahead of time way before anyone else i Um, don't remember i can cut in yeah of course uh reading in the books when you first meet man's raider john snow goes into his tent i guess and Mm -hmm. there's a group of people and there's a man like playing the flute or something on the ground and I think John sees Torment or someone like that. He, sees he goes, yep. Oh, Mance Raider, great to meet you. And then the guy playing the flute stands up and he's like, Fuck off, kid. Like, I'm man. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Which is so great about him. Um, yeah. And there's a couple more notes I have here um, of just little disparate things that I, I'm fond of. Um, when his army is broken by Stannis and he's taken prisoner in uh, season four, I think it is, maybe season five. Um, even at threat of being burned to death, he refuses to kneel mm-hmm. to anyone because he so prizes his freedom and the freedom of his people. Um, and then in the books, which you may not know this, but in the books, he doesn't actually die at the execution. Melisandre yeah. conducts a switch with him and the Lord of Bones. Really? Yeah, so he Mance takes the form of the Lord of Bones, and Lord of Bones takes Mance forms, and the Lord of Bones is the one that's executed. What? See, that's like a plus for Melisandre. I think I have that right. And Mance ends up going down to Winterfell with several wild new women when Winterfell is held by the Boltons, and he's Mm -hmm. doing all sorts of shenanigans. And if my memory of the fifth book is correct, the reason Theon and Sansa get the chance to try and escape is mm-hmm. because of Mance and his spear wives. Was Sansa at Winterfell in the books? With the bulls? No, not, not Sansa. Jane I'm Poole? so sorry. That's the show. Jane Poole? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, and that's incredibly that badass. He's yeah, in disguise, cool. like, yeah. going undercover at the most viciously brutal... Also, fuck the little Yeah, seriously, fuck that guy. So I have a... I have a quote here that I really thought... Um, Summed him up. It's a, bit, a little bit long, but it's okay. Um, so the quote is, Do you know what it takes to unite 90 clans, half of whom want to massacre the other half of one insult or another? They speak seven different languages in my army. The Finns hate the Hornfoots. The Hornfoots hate the Ice River clans. Everyone hates the cave people. So you know how I got moon worshippers and cannibals and giants to march together in the same army? I told them we were all going to die if we didn't go south. Because that's the truth. And I love that. <laughs> it's so simple. Um... Okay, you. He loves his people so much. With your quotes. I know. I have more. I, there's more quotes coming. God, I should have been better at this. Um, yeah, and that's. I just. He aspires to be free. And that means he has to protect his people. Um, I feel like I'm not putting this in 
No, it, I think you're. Here. Yeah, it makes sense. But he's a he's a favorite. So your number twenty three. But only the twenty third. Only the twenty third. That's right. <laughs> my number twenty. It's a strong cast of characters in this show. <laughs> it is. So my number twenty three is Jorah Mormont. Down my list. Interesting, because I remember you went on kind of a not a rant a while ago, but you were really going into his backstory and how you found it so interesting. Didn't have a list? I don't yeah. know. Don't yeah. tell you. <laughs> um, it's a competitive list. Yeah, no, I mean... I do love Jorah, though. I think he's an interesting character in that he went too far just to try to appease his family. You know, all he wanted to do was make his wife happy. Um, on Little Bear Island, where she was bored and unsatisfied. So we got into slave trading. <laughs> as one does, as to keep the wife does, happy. <laughs> as one does. Um, but it wasn't out of malicious intent. He was just trying to keep himself afloat, and that completely destroyed his life because of that one bad decision. I mean, every guy has done something stupid for a girl. Who doesn't you know? dabble in trafficking? Um <laughs> No, I mean, it's obviously horrible, and it doesn't reflect great on his character, but the fact that he then goes to Danny and is so uh, loyal to her and puts everything on the line for her, even after he gets grayscale, um, I think it's telling. I love seeing loyal characters like that. It's cute, and it's touching, and, you know... Jorah did get a bit creepy in the books from what I read with, like, the kiss yeah. with Danny that wasn't entirely kosher. And, and the, the books, Danny's, like, 12 yeah, or 14 or something. I think she's 14. Aging the characters up in the show was such a good decision. Yeah. Just across the board, it was the right call. It was. George R. R. Martin, he did go for realism. You know, I'll grant him that, but just uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't mature that way anymore. Um but no, I love loyal characters like that. Um, but, you know, again, it, it does get sometimes kind of creepy and sometimes I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, cure the grayscale, get back. But, you know, who didn't tear up at that scene where he went to see Danny and she told him to go, like, in her stead and mm-hmm. go find a cure? <laughs> I didn't tear up. Well. But I may be dead inside. It's possible. I think you're a little dead inside. But that's okay. Um... So no, yeah, that's I, my twenty-three. I, I, I do love Shora. He, um, and for the reasons you said, um, he's a very interesting example of what any of us could be in a time of desperation. Mm. Um, I mean, the slave trading was the obvious first example, but even past that. If you remember, he was originally intended to help assassinate yeah. Danny. Or at least a spy hunter. I don't remember exactly. He was at least a spy for Varus. He may have also been a potential assassin. Yes. Or arrange for one. And it's just... It's an example that any of us could really be pushed to do desperate things that we may not feel comfortable with morally. Yeah. And any of us can change. Any of us can change. Um... Because oh. of true love. I'm trying to remember the rant I gave you. We did we did a Game of Thrones like character bracket, just amongst ourselves, maybe mm-hmm. is around March Madness about two months ago. Yeah. Um I'm trying to remember the rant I went on. I don't remember it. I don't even know if it was then. You were just talking about his backstory and 
Yeah. I guess I convinced you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was good, no, whatever I, mean, I said. No, I, I probably would have ranked him similarly anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's one of those characters that becomes less interesting later in the show. Exactly. He becomes less of a focus, too, to be fair. Gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is that fun scene. Um, it's, I think it's the episode with the Red Wedding, where he and Dario went on some, like, insane mission for Danny. Oh, yeah, yeah. They broke into one, one of the one of the slave cities. It's a city where you can't have weapons. They had to like hide their weapons. Right. They broke into slave and city that, and they and opened then the d- gates to her army. Oh, they did that, but then there was another one where they went out in search of her and Danny was just like, I'm gonna burn down this hut with all the important you know, calls. <laughs> That's so right. thanks. Like I don't need you. Yeah, what I'm thinking of was earlier is like yeah. Dario, Grey Worm, and, and Jorah went on this mission to open the gates of the city. Okay. They walked the way to the gates, opened yeah. it, got back. And Jorah Jorah's like, Khaleesi, we have we've taken the city as yours. And she's like, Where's Dario? And like his face <laughs> just like crumples. Oh. It became a meme, I think, for a little while. <laughs> couple years, a couple years back, me. but it was like See if you can identify the moment Jorah's heart breaks. <laughs> Which is what I was thinking when I think of him. Um, but I think that's enough on, on Jorah. Yeah, yeah, All right, so my 22. 22, yeah. Joffrey. Let's talk Joffrey. Let's do Joffrey. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, so, yeah, I actually just moved him up a bit in my rankings right before we sat down to record this. Um, because I love to hate him. That's why it's on my list. And yeah. I didn't really get sick of him in the way I would get impatient with Jorah or some of the others. Um, I loved seeing him get bitch slapped by Tyrion. <laughs> the single greatest gift in the history of the show. Yeah, bitch slapped by Cersei. <laughs> yeah. Just all the slaps. Um, yeah, he's a little bitch. And he doesn't know, he doesn't understand that that's what he is. And he continues <laughs> to whine and be childish and do the most horrid things. But he doesn't care. So I have a question for you. Yeah. And it's a question I answer. So he's my my 25, basically for the reasons you laid out. Mm-hmm. Because he's so well-written and well-racked that you just fucking hate that kid. Yeah. Why Joffrey and not Ramsay? I was about to say, you know, I wanted to know, Ramsay is not on my list. He's not on mine either. I don't love to hate Ramsay. I just hate Ramsay. Do you know what it is? It's Joffrey's face. <laughs> he has the most punchable face of anyone I've ever seen. Ramsey is borderline handsome. Borderline. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's too generous. But Joffrey I, is a little shit. Joffrey's also a little shit and like Ramsey, he does enjoy torturing people. He does. Rest in peace, Ross. Um, that scene was, that scene was too much. Yeah. It's Game of Thrones and it's like, it lives in the world of excess, but that was like, Really? Yeah. Come on. Those Roz scenes were too bad. Come on. Um, don't get me started on the Roz scene with Littlefinger. I want to talk about I'm that sure later. I'm sure many, we'll many boys became a man seeing that. Oh, yeah. Um, but Ramsey, he doesn't just love to torture people. He does it systematically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joffrey's more random about it. Joffrey's more random, and he's a kid, and he I don't think he fully understands the consequences. He doesn't care about the consequences. Ramsey knows the consequences. So I sort of made that point. Um, it's you could almost argue, and you could really get into like nature versus nature here, but you could almost argue that it's not Joffrey's fault. He's the way he is. So think yeah. about it. He has a father that, well. 
person he thinks is his father, who doesn't care about him mm-hmm. at all. In the books, it's actually said that Robert would beat Joffrey so badly yeah. that Barrison thought he was going to kill Joffrey. Oh, by the way, Barrison Selmy, fucking love that guy. Not on my list. Not on my either. But I love him. Yeah. See, so a father that at best doesn't care about him, that worse beats him. Yeah. And the mother who tells him that he is God's gift to the earth. Yeah. And that you're the king so you can do whatever you want. And just yeah. feeds this narcissism. Yeah. So any of us would be fucked up in that situation, right? Like, mm-hmm. I would be the same way. And I, yeah, I actually felt badly when he died because you see him and he is just a kid. Yeah, that seems glorious, though. I mean, he gets that his scene is fucking he, so well I done. I suppose, yeah. He was being a pretty horrible person, Tyrion, before that. A pretty horrible person. That's yeah. really generous. <laughs> he's being a little bitch yeah. is what he's doing. He's being a, he's being a dick butt. But, but you're right, though. He, um, like, he turned purple. And like when you see him... And he's just a kid. And vomit, you see yeah. Cersei just cradling him. And at the end of the day, he's a kid. It was affecting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just between his punchable face and the sort of... <laughs> The increased depth of character. Because Ramsey's sort of random evil. He's just evil with no clear reason yeah. to be evil. He just sort of is. Yeah. Joffrey's just like, mother, hand me my sword. <laughs> that is. And he has that little weird like swagger thing he where he kind of. He does. He has a little like, smirk. He's like, I'm so cool. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> guy so, I mean, for me, he's like Umbridge in Harry Potter. He's Mm-mm. he's so well written that you have to like you have to applaud it even as it makes your skin crawl. Yeah, but I want to keep watching Joffrey. I don't want to keep watching Umbridge, but that That's is fair. for another podcast that potentially. Might. Potentially. So that was right. your twenty two. That was my twenty three, twenty two. Yes, so, so now you're twenty two. So we go from Joffrey to his quote unquote father, Robert Baratheon. Ah, is number twenty two on my list. Is, jo- is Robert on your list at all? Um. So. In my first draft, Robert was on my list, mm-hmm. and it was because of another rant that you went on, um, because I said I didn't care about Robert, and you made me kind of rethink him a little you bit. You have to remind me of the things I said in these rants, because I, I don't remember. <laughs> That's so, all that great content that we could be having for this podcast. <laughs> I know. Come on. We should have recorded those. I know. Um, basically, I always kind of wrote off Robert as kind of a throwaway character, but... When you compare him, as we see him in the show, to who he was during Robert's Rebellion, it gets really interesting. You know, he was Mm -hmm. this legendary figure leading one of the biggest, most successful rebellions in Westeros. And then he just devolved into this gluttonous king who was bored with the tasks at hand and wasn't meant to rule. He was meant to lead, but not meant to rule in a very interesting way. And... um, he got what he wanted, and it destroyed him, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do I have, Robert? Robert is very quotable. Yeah. That was the reason I I mean, one. we quote Robert at least We do. Day. And I, we had to admit, we saw this from the Binge Mode podcast on Game of Thrones. Um, but just like, gods, I was strong then. <laughs> and she says shit like, Lancel. Gods, what a stupid name. <laughs> What's just, yes. just so much fun. Um, he he killed me every time he came on screen, um, which I value. He died as he lived, drunk. He, he died. That's <laughs> true. But but yeah, there's more. There's more to him. Just um, mm-hmm. between his love for 
Liana, which went nowhere, um, and the bitterness that created, and his unwillingness to use the throne that he won. Um, it's interesting to think if Liana hadn't died and they had gotten married and he had still won, would he have been different? Mm-hmm. Was, was losing the person he was in love was so traumatizing that he was just, he became sort of nihilistic and just sought to sort of numb himself in pussy and wine. I mean, I think very likely, yes, he would have been different. I mean, we just watched the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. We, she. (laughs) Yes, I I, uh, gave him running commentary the entire time, though. Uh, True love can change everything. Is that the tagline for the wedding? The tagline, yeah. And the pastor's sermon, which I'm going to force you to watch because, guys, that was incredible. (laughs) I cannot wait. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's... He he finds himself wanting to run away, just mm-hmm. abandon everything and become a mercenary warlord in Essos, just like banging prostitutes and <laughs> killing dudes with his hammer. And I may not be able to relate to those urges, but who among us hasn't wanted to just leave everything behind yeah. and go be free? He also had a, a absolutely fantastic scene with Cersei. Yes. A scene that is not in the books, which is proof that these writers can pull stuff off without George R. R. Martin's Come guidance. Come on, season eight. Uh, yeah, we're a little nervous. Um, but it's just, they, they end up reminiscing and saying, you know, could we have ever made this work? And, oh, my belly's just, my belly's rumbling. We'll cut uh, that out. We might cut that out. It's, <laughs> We'll be honest with our, our dear listeners. <laughs> We're human beings. We're also drinking right now, so. Yes, we, we definitely are. Um, but, and they, they ultimately decide, no, this was never going to work. Cersei is in love with Jamie, or the, the amount of herself she sees in Jamie. Mm. And Robert's love with Yana. It was never, yeah. never going to happen. And that's just a beautiful scene. That just shows he's not just this loud frat boy with big hammer. Metaphorically, a wink. <laughs> There's more to him than that. Um, so I, I have soft spot for for King Robert. All right. And rest in peace. My number twenty one is Braun of ah, the Black Water. Okay. Dear Braun. Remember, he's my twenty five. Oh, I was thinking. Oh man, my mind was. You said Braun, and I thought of the rest of Braun Strowman, but. That's not that's not her here or there. She doesn't know who that is. She doesn't get that reference. I know who Braun Strowman is. Braw, the big the big guy. With the he's beard. really big and he wears like unitards. <laughs> he does. Oh, so okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. you had Braun. Um Why do I like Braun? Um I called him the Mr. Krabs of Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's my first Yes, note. that's why. <laughs> that is exactly why. Um, this dude loves his money. Um, but I definitely have a soft spot for sort of amoral mm-hmm. characters who have a bit of a soft side. Um, yeah, I mean, like Robert, he's hilarious. He, he's very witty with the quivers in there with, um, his scenes with Tyrion especially are some of my favorite 
just like banter scenes in the show. Yeah. Um, they're fantastic. His, his relationship with Tyrion and later to a lesser extent with Jamie are great. Um, there's depth there. I remember in the, the, the most recent episode, um, when they're all walking down to the dragon pits to have their negotiation, mm-hmm. um, Bronn is leading, I guess, the royal guard and Tyrion walks up to him and they, they basically shit talk each other for like a couple minutes. Yeah. And he's like, I miss you, man. Like, I miss you too. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then he's just like this vicious killer too. Yeah. He's a very interesting guy. No, I mean, that's one of the points I wrote down. It's the way he straddles the line between Tyrion and Jaime, because they so often represent different sides of this uh, battle, if you want to call it that. Um, but he doesn't care. He's on both sides. Yeah. He's good and evil. He's Jaime and Tyrion. He's Westeros and Essos. He doesn't care. He's not really... He's not really Essos. Not, he doesn't go to Essos. No, but. I mean, he's not really evil. Um, well, I mean, he murders. No, people, I mean, he murders people. I'm not. He's not good. He's, he's, not, he's amoral. amoral. He's amoral. That's yeah. what I'm saying. He's not either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this dude tried to kill a dragon to get paid. <laughs> you think did. about that. That was one of the best sequences. Like, sure, the loot train battle was great, but the loot train. But, the, but the, the long shot of him kind of, like, navigating his way through the battle, one of the best parts of season seven. Yeah. Um, he wants his money so bad. Yeah. He stopped He's going to try and kill it. a fucking dragon. But not even that. But in the midst of trying to get to the scorpion, <laughs> don't you remember he, like, drops his pouch of gold and he kind of stops and scrapes to pick it up? Right. He does do that. <laughs> Just little touch like that. Yeah. Um, he is involved. He doesn't have a character arc. No. To be honest. No. Um. But he's also, he's smart. I enjoy that. He comes from nothing. But he's smart and ambitious and hardworking and everything that the people who happen to be born into the right families are not yes. in many cases. Um, which I admire. And like, oh, I have a over my notes here. Yeah, like Tyrion asks him to be his champion in the battle against um, the mountain in his trial. And he's like, Nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. I feel bad for you, but nope. It's, not gonna fucking do that. He puts Which I love. Hers, like, yeah. he doesn't... If he had said yes, it would be completely out of character. Yeah. But he is a sh- asshole mercenary who just wants to get paid, and fighting the mountain is not good for his long-term health, and he knows it. It's not. It's not. Um, he knows his limits, and I respect that. Not many people on the show do. And even then, he's like, I could probably kill that fucking dude if I want to. But I'm not gonna risk it, which is like the perfectness of cocky and smart that yeah. I, I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's Braun. I think it's my twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. So, so it's your twenty one. My twenty one is Leanna Stark. <laughs> really, Leanna yes. Mormon or Leanna Stark? Leanna Stark. So my she technically did appear in the show. She technically did appear in the show. I did not like her because of her appearance on the show. I like her because of the Night of the Laughing Tree theory. Okay. Which I really hope break is this, true. I'll break this one down for our so, dear listeners. Yeah. So basically, way back when, um, I believe it was the same tourney the in turn, Iron Hall. The turn in So, yeah. So it was the same place where she met... Um, Rhaegar. Rhaegar. Yes. The, yep. <laughs> Maybe the wow. most important character in the entire show. That guy? Yes. Yeah. There's so many characters, and I've been drinking wine. It's That's... fine. So, it's believed that um, 
there was a mysterious knight who showed up to fight against some sort of lord who had kind of um, disgraced the Cranach men. Um, so, oh my god, I'm forgetting the name too. What's the name? Ned's best friend? Oh no. Father of... We may have the producer oh, to no. refresh our memories here. We'll have someone go, no, no, no. Mira Reed. Helen Reed. Helen Reed, Reed. yes. Oh there we go. Goodness. Jesus. There's so many characters. I think I saw somewhere there's over a thousand native characters in the books. Jesus Christ. That's George R. R. Martin, like, not to be all fanboy, that dude's amazing. How do you come up with this shit? I mean, clearly he burned himself out since <laughs> we won't I saw, I saw an Onion headline. It was, uh, George R. R. Martin promises fans he's about to start once a winter. <laughs> like, that is sits so close to home. No. All right, anyway. So, uh, there's a theory that uh, this one night disgraced Helen Reed um, and his clansmen. Uh, and so, Liana being a very uh, skilled horse rider, which we also see evidenced in the show during one of Hodor's flashbacks. Mm-hmm. We R. do. R.I.P. Hodor. I, f- I Fucking love that. Hodor. Tell me he's not on your list, though. No, he's not on my oh, okay, list. Good. I do have a shirt that says Hodor in quotations with the attribution Hodor. Um, I've never been a fan of Hodor, but that's not here either. We'll move past that. Big dick Hodor. Um, <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> do you know that the... Uh, and no, we're not cutting that out. No way. Are we cutting that out? The actor has like stars tattooed on his face. Yeah, he's, he's a like DJ. A, he's like, yeah. a DJ. They had to cover him up with like makeup for the show, which is so hilarious to me for some reason. Anyway, never mind. Anyway, anyway, so back to the story. So she fights this person and, you know, being not only a lady, but a woman at all, she disguises herself, supposedly, shows up at the tournament, fucks this guy up and then leaves. Yeah. Um, and I really want to believe that that's true because it's it's it never been be. answered. It's I, not definitively, but I feel that's almost certainly true, right? It's like she is very, very close to the Reeds, just as her brother was. Um, she is an incredibly skilled horseman, horsewoman, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, so is it like and she has because, the motivation. Yeah. And the fact that she would go out and seek vengeance like that um, and be skilled enough to get it and not need any accolades associated with her name, just do it for the sake of justice, I think that's fascinating. And people are constantly talking about how she's just as fierce as someone like Arya, how she's so clever. Um, I wish that we got to see more of Lyanna. And if they do some sort of prequel to Game of Thrones mm-hmm. that features her, I would be thrilled. Yeah, and then, so you have this element where she is pushing back against the patriarchy. I'm saying this, patriarchy. yeah, but the patriarchal yeah. structures of her side. I guess yeah. it's it's very true in this case. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is awesome. Even if this Night of the Laughing Tree story is all she did, yeah, that'd be awesome. But then. She is so vital to the entire story. She is. Just on those grounds alone, you could say she should be in. Yeah. And I mean, she's obviously cool enough to have, like, some the most high-powered prince in the realm fall in love with her immediately and, like, impregnate her. Fall in love with her, sparking a civil war. Yeah. That (laughs) says a lot. I do have a note, though, that says, Aegon, really? Did you have to name your kid Aegon for the 15th time? 
There's so many Aegons. Rhaegar already had a kid named Aegon. Why couldn't they do something cool and fun, like Jaehaerys or whatever was speculated? Yeah, I, I saw the Jaehaerys speculation, which makes sense with Jaehaerys, Sean. It does! I'm so angry. And now Why is it, it entered, Aegon? It entered my head cannon, and now I just get annoyed when I call it. I know! John's not an Aegon. No! We don't need any more Can Aegons. Can you say no, but this time, if you can make it a little bit higher pitched, then that'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so who's um who's up? You just did your you just did your twenty one? Twenty one, so I do my twenty. You do your twenty, yes. Alright, so my number twenty is Egret, who I am sure is not on your list. It is not. Definitely you are not an Egret fan. I am never an Egret fan. I um I don't know. It's good that you're representing the woman here. You're including oh, yeah. the female power. <laughs> sure. Um I like Egret. I don't love Egret. Um, I like that she is a fiery redhead with a vengeance. <laughs> Who I, doesn't love a fiery I redhead? I tend to be a fan of redheaded characters, probably because I secretly wish I was redheaded. I <laughs> have the so, jeans, people. That's so random. Well, it's because my, my dad's a redhead, and I could have had red hair. He's a redhead? Yeah. Not really anymore, but he was like carrot red back in the day. Yeah, my grandma's a redhead, so there's red in the family. My sister has auburn hair. It's like this mix of brown uh, and red. That's oh, she does, doesn't she? Yeah, especially if the sunlight hits it, it looks really nice. I've been, I have been jealous of that too. I was born with red hair and blue eyes. Gone. Nope. You wouldn't look the, like yourself. With the red Jewish hair. genes took over. <laughs> They're very strong. <laughs> but I mean, took over like the world financial system. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the line "You know nothing, Jon Snow" is like the most one of the most iconic in the show. It's pretty iconic. Um, and you know the cave scene was so sexy, and like the Lord's kiss. But she's so not sexy. She, you don't think Rose Leslie is hot? No. Not the way she's described in the books, but in real life. Nope. You're weird. I'm skeptical. I mean, if we're doing the uh, the binary system, the yeah. yes or no. Have you seen her in real life? Producer, can you pull that up, please? Matt? Matt? Mark? What's his name? Matt. His name doesn't matter. My name's Matt. <laughs> but. Also, the fact that she and Jon Snow are married in real life and engaged, married? I'm not sure at this point. But it's fucking amazing. Like, true. So, listener, she's pulling up Google Images. Look at this. Really? You wouldn't hit that? Look at that. I'd fuck her. But yeah. I wouldn't be that excited about it. Alright. Her jaw. Some of her jaw. Her jaw is prominent. It's rather manly. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean yeah, she's pretty. She's definitely <laughs> if you saw her on a subway, you'd be like, yeah, she's pretty. But she's not hot. Anyway, that's not why All I'm right. like you, This isn't about the actress, this is about the character. Um what I like about Egret is that she is so fiercely loyal to her people. Mm. Uh, she is so in love with John, but the moment he turns on them, she shoots an arrow basically into. Well, they say that she purposefully missed his heart. She, she shot him. She missed on purpose. Yeah, I was, she missed I'm, on purpose. I'm pretty sure about that. Which I would believe, but at the same even time, even Torment was like, "You never miss." Yeah, exactly. He he can know. But at the same time, there isn't too big a difference between shooting four arrows into the person you love and killing the person you love. 
Because those four arrows could easily create infected wounds back in the day <laughs> and end up killing them anyways. So she wasn't doing him any favors. Um, but, you know, she wasn't like the kind of Disney princesses that you see where they put their love above everything else. Mm. She put her people before everything else. Yeah. Um, she didn't need some guy to try and get revenge on John for her. No. She was perfectly capable of handling herself. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what I liked about her. Um, I, I guess my issue with her, um, apart from her accent, which I found kind of grating. Jon Snow. Yeah. Was that she was like a distraction from the plot I care about. Um, I sort of always had a feeling that they were never going to end up together. I knew it was going to work out the way it did with him. Yeah. Breaking away from the the, the wildlings to return to Castle Black and resume his duties as the Night Watch. Um, but Yigir was just slowing that down. And mm-hmm. I never felt this chemistry between them. Apparently there was because they're now married in real life. So apparently mm-hmm. there was. I just never felt it. Um, I didn't care about her. I didn't care about the outcome for her story. I'd rather John just get back to doing things I actually cared about. Um, That's fair. Uh, anyway, I did that list. I have a feeling she'd, she'd be on yours. You've yeah. been a fan. Yeah, I do like her. How did you react to her death scene? At that point, I was very underwhelmed by that episode as a whole. So I found it sad. But I was like, yeah. Okay. It was it was a beautiful shot. Yeah. Um, I was underwhelming about that episode. I, I enjoyed it. I think I just got sick of watching scenes on the wall. Mm. I cared more about Arya and Sansa and Jamie's plot lines, and I wanted to see people going around Westeros, and I want to see Daenerys conquering Essos and making her way to Westeros, but I felt like we were constantly being pulled back up to the wall, constantly talking about this threat that wasn't actually coming. Um, and frankly, I was just tired of it at that point, and I didn't want it to take up an entire episode. It was good. But do you remember when the, the giant with the bow and arrow like shot that dude off the wall? Wait, the boat what? Yeah, a giant with a, a giant with the bow and arrow yeah. knelt down, aimed, ah, shot this giant arrow, and yeah. like hit this guy on top of the wall and sent him fucking flying yeah. off of it. It was one of those scenes where it's just like, it takes you out of the, the drama because you're just laughing so hard how fucking ridiculous it looks. Yeah, also you have that moment when uh, the giant charges into the tunnel connecting mm, mm-hmm. the wall, not the wall, the ca- castle black to yeah. the outside. Yeah. Um, and oh, what's his name? The sweet, sweet boy. The guy. This is bad. Yeah. You're asking me for a name from season four, and I'm not going <laughs> to give it for you. <laughs> Do not have it. <laughs> he was just, you know, one of John's buddies, and, you know, he sacrificed himself, and, and that was, was it, a great moment. Wasn't like Pippin Gren? Wasn't that their names? Gren is still alive, isn't he? Is isn't he running the. No, it's Delor- that's Dolores' head. Oh, you're right. Dolores? Dolores <laughs> is a bitch's son. I'm, I'm getting my uh, my HBO properties across up here. My West, Westworld is leaking into Game of Thrones. Yeah. Dolores. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, Dolores said. Yeah. <laughs> I only no, ever seen right, it like yeah. written down. No, I think it was Gren. I think it was Gren. I think it was. I, mean, I can picture his face. Exactly. But I can't, the name is again. The Who names. really cares? He's make the list. Fuck yeah. that guy. Um, but <laughs> but R.I.P. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Anyway, 
Uh, so it's my 20? You're 20. Samuel Tarley. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm relieved he's not higher on the list because I feel yeah. guilty. <laughs> Looking at him now, I probably would drop him. Um, I'd probably drop him into 25, actually. I don't think I'd drop him off. I don't think there's anyone that would go above him. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I, I love Sam. Um, his actor is among the most likable actors on the show. Mm-hmm. Just the way that he portrays the character is so sympathetic and sweet. Um, I will say, yeah. in the season six finale, you have that horrible, horrible opening sequence, and then you go to Sam going to the Citadel for the horrible, first time. Horrible, yet incredible. Unspeakable. Just <laughs> awesome. Um, prefaced our entire relationship. Blessed us. And did. Um, but then you see Sam at the Citadel, and he's so happy, and you're just so happy for him, and it was a wonderful moment. And he runs into the, the desk clerk. Yeah, he's Who like, just, like, Hello. looks at him with those, like, weird eyes. I'm here, from the wall. And then he walks out into the, I guess, the, the central library at the Citadel. Yeah. And just opens up. And yeah. you see the astrolabe that you see in the mm-hmm. opening sequence. Oh, oh man, that's that. Isn't it? That episode is fucking flawless. We were so lucky. We saw it an in episode. a packed bar, and people, people were, were people were screaming. But then they would go absolutely silent. When they my favorite memory of that is me. Apart from meeting my dear sweet girlfriend for the first time, was when um, Lancel gets down into the dungeon. He chases mm-hmm. the kid down, yeah, and you see the wire, the wildfire bomb set up. Mm-hmm. Everyone just went. Oh shit! Like simultaneously, <laughs> an entire bar, just like, oh my god, that oh, so was so great. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh man, <laughs> that's probably my favorite episode of TV. That is certainly my favorite episode of TV ever. Yeah, yeah, me. hands down. Um, I'm total fanboy. I cannot be rational about anything <laughs> in that episode. That is, it's oh my god, it's so good. And then uh, the came music, after the, music, the battle of the bastards. Yeah, that one-two punch is the best in the show. I think. Season's almost so disappointing. Anyway, Sam Montarley. Welcome back to that. Yeah, I just, I don't Sam. He's just a great person. Um, and it's really no deeper than that. Um, you know, I could get into, like, how he, he's all of us. Like, he's, like, yeah, like you said, he's, he is how I would be if I was in the Night's Watch. I'd yeah. be, like, whiny and tired all the yeah. time. Um, but he's just such a pure, good guy. Yeah. In a war, in a sh- episode, can't speak, in a show where so many characters are shades of gray. He yeah. is purely good. Yeah. And I love him for that. And all the criticisms was we mentioned when you discussed me, I mentioned definitely hold up. I agree. But um I don't think I anyway. Uh it's I my, just, yeah. I think there's too much of him. I would have liked him better if there were less. That's fair. So it's my nineteen. Yeah, you're nineteen. Is the last person in my fifth tier is okay. Tor yeah. Torment Giants Bane. Really? I have Torment at nineteen. Where do I have him? Okay. Is he on your list? He's higher for me. Okay. Well, then we'll wait. You're 19. All right. My 19 is Olena Tyrell. Didn't make my list, but I'm a big fan. I knew she'd make yours. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful woman. Um, I mean... (laughs) She is what we all aspire to be in our old age. (laughs) She did very much irritate me when I read about her in the books. Because she would go on and on, be a total bitch, and you're just like, shut up. Um, but kind of also loving it at the same time. But, but the, in the charisma, the charisma, 
And the fact that they got um, Diane Rigg. Diane Rigg? Diana Rigg? Diane or Diana Rigg. D-Rigg. D-Rigg. <laughs> D-Riggs. Um, to play her, I think that just made it. Um, every single scene that she's in is delightful. I will say. She's a sassafras. <laughs> Broader point, they nailed casting the show. They did. Apart from the one Dario guy that they had to recast. <laughs> yeah. But who cares about Dario? Yeah, who knows what the circumstances were there. They fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah. Across the board. It's great. Yeah, that's just something I wanted, I wanted to throw out there. Jon Snow especially. I think that was a great casting. Perfect. Yeah, he, he was shaky in the first couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, with his acting skills. I guess he was, yeah. But the character was But the character was also there, right? shaky. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Um, no, Elena is just a delight, and she spawned that absolutely incredible meme of the cat with the headdress <laughs> saying, tell Cersei. It was me. me. <laughs> I mean, what great last words. Amazing last scene. Um, yeah. You know, she was always regal and always in control, even when she was facing death. Um, and I love that about her. Her in season seven, after the rest of her family's been wiped out by Cersei's yeah. wildfire bomb, just pure, unfiltered vengeance. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can't remember the exact line, but she she told, I think it was Varys, like, there's nothing else for me but vengeance at this exactly. point. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm going to die. Fine. I know that. Yeah. I'm old, but all I have before I die is to make Cersei Lannister suffer. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And just a total scene stealer every time she's on screen. And I think it's easy to forget, she killed Joffrey. By the way. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was her. I... She will stop at nothing for her family. Um, and I think that's also kind of a common theme among a lot of Game of Thrones female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the male characters, someone like Tywin, um, they will do whatever they can to make sure that their family and their lineage succeeds. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always a compelling, if not kind of frightening, point in a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, okay, right. so what are we on? My my eighteen? You're eighteen. Okay. okay. My eighteen is Rob Stark. I let me see. I have Rob, I know that. I have Rob a little bit higher. Okay. So not too much higher. We will My eighteen? Yeah. Someone who I think you may have higher. Marjorie Tyrell. Oh, <laughs> she's higher for me. Okay. I thought so. Um so it's not my seventeen? Uh-huh. Catelyn Stark. Wait, where is she for me? Oh, so close. She's my 16. <laughs> so close. But we're not there yet. No, so we're not. You're 17. Sorry, I shouldn't have spoiled that. Um, Come on. Well, we got to delete all this now. Jeez, I actually... I, mean. <laughs> I actually um, switched them this morning. Uh, I ended up putting Tywin at 17. I have Tywin much higher. Interesting. Yeah. I like Tywin a lot, but he didn't get so much... No, it's not even that he didn't get so much screen time. It's that he was kind of black and white. Um, he was a strict father who would do anything. Don't talk about Tywin yet. He's higher. Oh, you're right. We're getting there. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's our rule. <laughs> I know. All right. Okay. We'll get to we'll get to Tywin. Okay, so it's your 16 now, which mm-hmm. means which means we get to talk about Catelyn. So basically, yes. we basically put her in the same place, really. Yeah. One spot different. Yeah. 
Um, the reason why I like Catelyn is that she is a very motherly figure, but at the same time she's fierce um, and will do anything to protect her children, including doing something that many people would consider absolutely stupid in releasing Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. Um, she also, I think people often forget that she fought off Bran's assassin. I mean, sure, there was a dire wolf there to help her. She did do that shit. But she, she took grabbed a, the knife she with took, her yeah, bare hands. She did that. Yeah. And that is like the most maternal thing to ever do. It's just, you don't care. You put yourself in front mm-hmm. of your child. Um, she also was very politically savvy, but was often just kind of cast into the corner and her opinions were put down simply for the fact that she was just the mother of Rob or the wife of Ned. Um, when really she should have been consulted for things like Rob marrying Talisa or whatever her name is in the book. Jane. Shane Westerling. Jane Westerling. Um, she knew that that would be their demise. And she was probably the only one who really thought of that. Or at least the only one who tried to be vocal about it. Um, there's that. And I mean, she's just went through so much and kept going anyway. She lost basically all of her children, even mm-hmm. though some of them weren't actually dead when she thought they were. She was obviously affected by it and traumatized, but she kept going. Yeah. Because she still had Rob and Ned's and all the other children's memory. Yeah. I admire in a system that we, we said is very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Um, she is 100% willing to act Mm-hmm. when her family, she feels her family is danger, even if she doesn't necessarily think through what she's doing ahead of time. Um, grabbing Tyrion is a yeah. great example. Like, she had to know that would be provocative. Yeah, oh my god. I but she's like, it. fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. This guy tried to kill my kid, she thought. Mm-hmm. And so she just acted. Um, same with losing Jamie. She's decisive when she thinks her family is threatened. And in society that tells women, sit in the corner and have babies for us, to take on that much of an assertive role is... It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Also, we can't not talk about Ladies Don't Hurt. I have here an exact quote. Uh, she gets half credit for Ladies Don't Hurt. Technically not on the show, yeah. but it's a dope-ass character, so I'm getting her points I mean, for it. God, just like... <laughs> like a corpse reanimated for the sake of vengeance against the Lannisters? I, like, I, I get why she's not in the show, but I really wish she I was. I wish she was. Yeah, oh, I love you. That'd be incredible. It would have been fucking so cool. Um, just the vengeful mother. Yeah. As an archetype. That always. Is fantastic. Yeah, always. that always gets me. Um, what else do I have here? Oh, yeah. Here's a, a great quote. That really sums her out. Um, she's talking to, to Rob. Says, uh, my boy, they have your sisters. We have to get the girls back. And then we will kill them all. I mean, Which is fantastic. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? Come on. That's awesome. It's like, yes, we will be brutal and we will be horrible and they will get their comeuppance, but let's put family first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't remember how to handle it in, in the books, but um, I believe she's... In the books, I know she's the one that encourages Ned to go south when he doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Just yet again, she's the savvy one, yeah. not him. Okay, so 
then that leaves my 16. We go from one Stark to another. We go to Rob Stark. Okay. Who you just mentioned. Um, all right. I like to think that I get credit for you at Gluten Rob at all. Actually, you did. You yeah. do get credit. Um, um, I used to think him very overrated. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Rob fan. Um, and I'm a big Rob fan because he is someone who was put in an absolutely impossible position in that he was in what? Initially, we say what? In his early 20s? 22, 23. Yeah, I I would even say he's like 18. His father is killed. And his entire people say, you have to go avenge your father. He's no in no way qualified for this whatsoever. But then he almost fucking pulls it off. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. He beats Tywin Lannister on the field multiple times. If he hadn't been betrayed by Bolton and the phrase, he could have fucking won the entire thing. Mm-hmm. He's this kid that had the weight of the world put on his shoulders. Like, his father was killed. That alone is traumatizing enough. Yeah. And then you're tasked with avenging him and saving your sisters and forming an independent kingdom and going in a rebellion against the crown, against Tywin Lannister, who's the greatest commander in the world. And he almost fucking pulls it off. It's it's incredible. He's put in a position that's just totally untenable and he does better than you could ever imagine. Um, he's brilliant. He's smart. He's very handsome. One of my notes was Prince Charming. And really just... Literally. Yeah. He played Prince Charming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, he, he is his father in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, in that his honor is what gets him killed. It's it, His relationship with Talisa slash Jane, it's, it's interesting, the portrayal, because in the show it's very clear that he's just purely in love, and that's why he marries Talisa. In the books, he fucks Jane mm-hmm. and gets her pregnant. But no. it's less... It's not because he gets her pregnant. Because there's this one line, I remember it striking me because it was kind of creepy. Um, Jane is talking with Catelyn and goes, Oh, don't you worry. Like We're trying very hard to have a child. Sometimes well, twice a day. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, very the, str- the Jane is pregnant is like a conspiracy yeah, theory. But, but he does. He sleeps with her and then marries her to make up for that. Sort of out of obligation. Yeah. Which is the dumb tactical mistake Ned would also make. Yeah. Um, um, oh, yeah. I mean, his death scene is also fantastic. Oh. I mean, the Red Wedding is... Oh, my God. Probably the defining moment in the entire in the entire story yeah Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire yeah um I just have immense respect for what he was able to pull off just at all in the circumstances that he was put forth faced with yeah um yeah I don't know two things for me one is that speaking of the Red Wedding when he dies He's still just a kid. Yeah. He, he looks to his mother, um, mm-hmm. and you just see the fear in his eyes. And 
you realize how young he is, um, despite all this responsibility he's taken on, per your earlier points. And in the same way, when he has to um, execute Ricard Carstark, because remember they took a couple Lannisters hostage, mm-hmm. and Ricard, as revenge for Jamie killing his sons in battle, murders the two young Lannister boys. Yeah. And Rob then executes him. Um, the acting in that scene was fantastic from, I can't remember the actor's name that plays Rob. Do you remember? Oh, what is it? I don't know. It's like something. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. Um, you just see the weight of the world mm-hmm. on his shoulders, and he's just this kid trying to handle it. Yeah. And you just see how heavy the crown his, his bannerman gave him is. Yeah. Um, and you, you can physically see the weight of the crown dragging him down. It's fantastic. Um, and it's it's something that we've all been faced with situations that we did not ask for. Mm-hmm. Responsibilities we do not want. Um, certainly nothing as heavy as go to feed the greatest military commander in the world with no experience um, and avenge your, your family, but um, he almost fucking did it, man. Yeah. I'm, all- I'm convinced if he hadn't been betrayed, he would have won in the end. Yeah. Stay away from women. Yeah, they, they fucking they ruin you. They do, don't they? <laughs> I love the young wolf. He's also um, very kind. Can we, and we know? haven't talked enough about handsome he is. Oh. I mean, my lord. Is um, he handsome? I mean, he's, he's hot in Jon Snow. I will go to my grave believing that. Yeah. I mean, Jon Snow may have the better butt. He does have a great ass. Oh. Great anyway. Ass. Um. Yeah, he was in that Cinderella movie, and you can see everything in those tights. Is he packing heat? He's packing heat. It's great. That's the young wolf for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so that was. Hold on. Is it? I think it's your. Your. So I did Catelyn and then Rob. Okay, so then I do... Let's go with your 16, and then you'll do 15 as well. Catelyn was my 16, so I do 15 and then 14. If Catelyn was your 16, then I should do 15. Okay, you now. do 15. Okay, actually, let's let's pause real quick and recap who our, our first 10 were. So okay. I'll go first. So I started off with uh, Joffrey Baratheon, then I had Oberyn Martell, Mance Raider, Robert Baratheon, Bronn, Samuel Tarly, Tormund Giantsbane... Marjorie Tyrell, Catelyn Stark, and Rob Stark. All right, so my first ten were Bronn, Melisandre, Jorah Mormont, Joffrey, Lyanna Stark, Egret, Elena Tyrell, Rob Stark, Tywin, and Catelyn. Okay, so the my number 15 is Peter Dalish. Ooh, he, he's up a little further for me. Okay, then we'll go on to your 15. My number 15 is Tormund. For oh, the sole okay. reason that he fucked a bear. <laughs> That's my is that, is that point. canon in the show? Is that it? Um, no. no. I'm 1,000% <laughs> confident he did not fuck a bear. But we're going to say he did. I know. Tormund just brings so if, much light to the show. If I had to give one quote to define Tormund like you yeah. did with fucked a bear, I would say, I want to make babies with her. Think of it. Great big monsters. They'll conquer the world. <gasps> yes. He's the best. He, um, I want him and Brienne. To get together so badly. He might be the most charismatic person I, on the show. I have an image of him looking at Brienne saved on my desktop. <laughs> Not as the background. It is an 
It is a file saved on my desktop. Five second shots of Tormund staring at Brienne would get him on my list alone. Just that. (laughs) Just what a delight. And I was so sure that he was going to die on this excursion. He may have died on the wall. It's unclear. No, he didn't die. I don't think he died either, but... It wasn't confirmed. If you don't see someone die, they're not dead. Um, But yeah, just, just a delight. And... He's a badass warrior. He's a right? badass warrior. He kills Lord of Bones in the I show. I was about to say, like, when they Fucks get... him up. That he, first of all, dealt with um, Hardhome, just mm-hmm. completely bashes Lord of Bones' skull in. And a, just like, a stand-up and cheer kind of scene. Oh, yeah. You, that is how you show dominance. Battle of Bastards? Yeah. He bites a dude's throat out with his he bare does. teeth. Come on. That man has survived, like... He's been through some shit. Just as many, if sure. not more, ridiculous situations as Jon Snow. And then, if you want to look past just the sort of, like, he's a funny badass warrior kind of stuff, light, light and fluffy stuff, mm-hmm. and get deeper than that, he, like Egret, like Mance, he puts the wild things first. He loves his people. He is willing to come south below the wall. He's willing to surrender and work with the crows. Yeah. And become an ally of John when no one in society would do that. Yeah. Because he realizes they need to do it to survive the winter. Um, a touch I loved is that when John was named, sort of by acclamation, the new king in the north taking Rob's mm-hmm. place, they all bend the knee except for Tormund. Because mm-hmm. down to his bone, he is still fucking wild. Yeah. I may be south of the wall now. Yeah. But you can't take the wild again of me. He's I, I I I'm not sure if it was highlighted or if he just was word in the background, but he doesn't bend the knee to John. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, which is fucking great. Yeah. And then I have another quote from him that I think really is this sums it up. I fucked him there. <laughs> None of you saw Mance die. I did. The Southern King of Broke Army, Stannis, wanted to burn him alive to send us a message. Jon Snow defined defied that cunt's orders. His error was mercy. What he did took courage, and that's what we need today. The courage to make peace with men who we've been killing for generations. That's it. This sort of yeah. stupid, bro-y warrior yeah. fucking gets it. Mm-hmm. He understands the stakes. There's a, there's a little more than meets the eye for old Tormund. There is a little more than meets the eye. So, okay, so that's your 15. So it's now your... 14? Let's see if I'm going to say I'm trying to bitch you off here. No, I mean, my one bullet point was fucked a bear. <laughs> um, and also his relationship with Brienne. Yeah. Relationship to be. Yes. Um, my 14 is Oberyn. Martell. Martell the man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he's just a great character. Yes. I love watching him. He's interesting. He's smooth and he's sexy and bi. He and is sexy despite not being handsome. Which is impressive. Yes. That's hard to pull off. That's exactly what it is. All the swagger. Yeah. Um, But he's brilliant. Um, His name is the Viper. His whole thing is he fights with a poison tipped spear, which is badass. His fight scene with the mountain was easily, I would rank that, not including like big battle scenes like Hard Home, I'm talking like one on one fight scenes, I would rank that as the second best. In the series. I would as well. Would you rank it behind? We will get to that. I think I know what it is. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, I just love watching him. He also 
puts his life on the line mostly to get vengeance for himself, mostly to yes. avenge his sister. I would say almost exclusively, almost exclusively for, for himself, himself. But also for Tyrion. But the fact that his sister's life means so much to him mm-hmm. that he needs to avenge her. And it's basically, yeah. he would rather die than not take an opportunity to avenge her. I have a quote about that. Yeah. If the mountain killed my sister, then your father gave the order. Tell your father I'm here and tell him the Lannisters aren't the only ones who pay their debts. Yes! Yes! Fucking awesome. That's the fucking, that's one of the best lines. Literate, smart, it's... aggressive sexual is how I describe them in my yes. notes here. Oh my god. Yeah, mine is so smooth and sexy, but smart and adept. Adept. I want you to call me a dip at some point in my life with that voice. That's when I know I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it to me then. Oh, um, ooh, sassy. Sassy oh, frats over ooh, here. Show me. <laughs> um, no, I just think he's a great character. And the whole story of him going to see Tyrion as a baby, mm-hmm. the monologue he has in the dungeons right before the fight is just captivating. It is. Um, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I've never heard of him before this, but... No. And now with Narcos. My issue... The reason I have him lower is yeah, he's not in the show enough. That's fair. That's the only thing. I love him as a character, but he's only in, like, four episodes. And also, he let the, the Sand Snakes be thing. Yeah, that's... Which was... We don't talk about one that. of the down... They did the downsides not... Downsides of Game of Thrones. Our list. They did not. To put it mildly. Decidedly not. If we made it to 25 worst characters, they might... Top they like four are. spots. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just think he's a very interesting character, and he kind of he breaks the molds of what we're used to seeing in Westeros, and he's much freer, and he does mm-hmm. what he wants, um, but he doesn't abuse that freedom. He kind of he does it for good. Mm-hmm. And I want to fuck him. <laughs> I do appreciate that you tried to cover up your pure animal animal <laughs> desire with, like, rational reasons, but, yeah, because you don't fuck him. I'd let him fuck me, too, um, despite being not gay. I would let him do it. I'd approve. You, you'd be there. I would. Not. Yeah, I would be. You'd tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that brings us to my 14. Um, is my 14 is the beginning of my tier 3? Yes, don't laugh at my tears. I just I appreciate your tears. I also don't understand how what they they're mean. not evenly dispersed in my mind. So the, it's tear. It's purely. Mm-hmm. Can I see an argument for one person above another? Mm. So like, so my fifteen was was Littlefinger. My fourteen is Brienne and Tarth. Okay. They're different tiers because I cannot see an argument for Littlefinger over Brienne. Got it. That makes sense. That's how. I, that's why they're separate tiers. Yeah. Um. Brienne was a character I had the hardest time placing. She was in my top 10. She was like 25. Now she's 14. She bounced around a lot. Yeah. Hannah's nodding because I think she was had the same issue. Brienne is higher up than me. I love Brienne. Yeah. Brienne's same. fantastic. But Brienne loses steam in the last couple of seasons. She does. But I guess we'll, we'll get to that. But a lot of characters do. Oh, that's right. I'm not supposed to talk about yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll so talk my, about her when we get to her. So my, my 13 yeah. is Sansa Stark. I know for a fact. I'm guessing top five, if I had to guess. Everyone's using your top five. So that's my number 13, Sansa. So you're 13. We will get to her. My 13 is Varys. 
Varus, I want to say, is next. Yep, Varus is my 12. <laughs> we, before doing this, we were like, oh, yeah. I hope some of our, our people line up, but... We're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. Okay, so you're, so you're 12. My 12 is Littlefinger. Okay. Let's do Littlefinger then. All right. I... It's another character. Littlefinger over Varus. Yeah. I'm going to ask you why Littlefinger over Varus, but we'll get to that. Originally, originally Littlefinger was below Varus. Interesting. Um, well, I, so, well, since... Varus is my next character up. So yeah. let's just talk about them sort of together. Yeah. Um, why Littlefinger instead of Varus? Because I have it flipped. Littlefinger is another character that I love to hate. Um, possibly more so than Joffrey. I, every time... Salad is a for me, but it's okay. I didn't hate Littlefinger so much as I just... I knew exactly what he was up to. Chaos. Yes. That's my impression. That's not a, it's okay, babe. We can work on it. Uh, yeah. It's a very um, distinct kind of accent that frequently changes. Accents. <laughs> my, my second bullet under Littlefinger is funny voice. <laughs> um, but Littlefinger is the reason all of this is happening. He is. He killed John Aaron. He's the one who he, set everything into motion. He gave the sword that attempted to kill the dagger. Bran, yes, so the dagger to uh, attempt to kill Bran, yeah. but then blamed it on Tyrion, yeah. including Tyrion's arrest, leading yeah. sparking the entire war, basically. Yeah. Um, and part of his downfall is that he actually feels one genuine emotion, and that's love for Sansa, which is super fucking creepy. I disagree. Yeah. So. I don't think so. He initially loved Catelyn, right? Okay, so I guess he loves Catelyn, but he projects that love onto. He Sansa. loves the idea of Catelyn. Yes. Because he very quickly replaced her with Sansa. Yes. <laughs> Which, as you said, is creepy as fuck. Yeah. But if he genuinely loved Catelyn, he wouldn't then immediately project it to her and his daughter. No. He loves the idea of a beautiful, highborn redhead. Yeah. That he can never have because he was some lowborn. Well, I guess he was a noble, but a very low noble. Yeah. So that's what he loves. This thing that he can't have. He wants to strive and achieve and get this thing that has been denied to him based on his birth. Yeah. He doesn't love her. Which is the same reason why he's going after the throne. It's the only thing. The only thing he cares about is proving that he's better than everyone that society says he's not better than. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's how I see it. But I'm sorry. I, I'm sure I cut you off at some point there. So no, <laughs> go ahead. No, it's fine. Um, I, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm distracting her with my phone. I can't that. read that right now. <laughs> um, no, he is not just an essential character, but just so nefarious. And you, it takes a very long time to figure out what side he's on and what mm-hmm. he's really after because he kind of helps everyone at some point. He helps the Lannisters. He helps Catelyn. He helps Ned. He helps Sansa. And then you realize, oh, the only person he's helping is himself. Mm-hmm. And he will destroy anyone in his path, including Sansa, if, if you, need be. If you're ranking based on importance to the plot alone, you could argue he's top five. Yeah. He's, but, he's up yeah. there with John, Danny, and one. Yeah. He manipulates everything. Yeah. It's really incredible. But he he arms someone like Sansa um, to become who she is. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Yeah. 
Intentional or intentional? I think it's intentional to an extent. He doesn't expect to be flipped back on him. He underestimates He underestimates Sansa. Yeah, I agree. He teaches her things like, um, in the scene where she convinces the, you know, lords and ladies of the Eyrie that Littlefinger only killed Lysa to protect her, and she's crying, and she's making up this story, and it's so believable, I'm sure that's what Littlefinger wanted her to be. But she doesn't arm herself that way with the knowledge she's given her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sees what's good and what's bad, and she does what's good. And she ultimately is true to her family. She whereas... learns the tactics, but has a soul. Exactly. <laughs> she knows how to use them in a way that's yeah. for good um, and not just for selfish purposes. Yeah. I, I... Um, but he's just interesting. He is. He is the American dream. That's what I have here. Mm. My notes. He, by pure ingenuity and hard work, he rises way above the station of his birth mm-hmm. to heights of power. He's the most powerful person in the kingdom, you can argue. Yeah. He controls, at least in the beginning of season one, he controls the money. And when you control the money, you yeah. control everything. Um, it's admirable. He has nothing. He has no. He has no armies. He has no money. All he has is his brain, and the fact that he was fostered by powerful families. And he rises to become one of the most. He rises to control one of the seven kingdoms and effectively control a second. Mm-hmm. That's incredible in a society where that does not fucking happen. Yeah, it's admirable. Yeah. The reason I have Bolivaris, two reasons. One, I did not like the season seven arc with Sansa and Arya, and like there's the quote unquote scheming, which was it's, like full of plot holes and really irritating. I just want to pretend like and that. And don't want into it. That was terrible. Ugh. And the sex position scenes where he like him and his brothel like talking about yes, I have my screams. Yes, put your finger up her butt. Yes, like screams, 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 screams. What in the background? Screams. I don't think it was in the background. It was very much in the foreground. It was in the foreground. Was that's the, those are terrible, and those really drag him down for me. Um, but his death scene is fantastic. Yeah, I love that scene. Oh. So he's sitting back in the corner, all smug, and just like, "How do you answer these charges, Lord Baelish?" And he yeah. just goes. Just the blo- the fucking <laughs> shmer <laughs> the fucking blood is draining from his face and is he dies on his knees groveling it's it's fantastic it's fantastic oh, that was a um, that that redeems some of it yeah so I my the famous quote from him about chaos is a ladder so chaos isn't a pit chaos is a ladder many who try to climb it fail and never get to try again the fall breaks them. And some are given a chance to climb but refuse. They cling to the realm or the gods or love. Illusions. Only the latter is real. The climb is all there is. That's a little thing here. I find that when I was looking for quotes for this, every character has some quote that just defines them. When they just put their entire worldview into one quote, I find pretty much everyone has one. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's intentional or not, but... I mean... All of us, at some point or another, expound upon our. We do. You know, I not all in a brothel, and... but no. <laughs> um, um, we should talk about Varys because we're supposed to be the news we together. Talk about Varys. 
talk about Varys. What do you well, think? first of all, there is that excellent scene between the two of them, Littlefinger and Varys, in front of the throne talking. I think that's the about... Chaos as a Ladder scene. Yeah, sure. that's when yeah. that's when we have the Chaos as a Ladder in the, They're fantastic together. That just is sparring with their wit. Great, great scene. Great. Um, I think part of the reason why I put Varys below Littlefinger is that we just see less of him. Do? Yeah. I think Littlefinger is a more prominent character. Um, and while Varys has some very prominent moments, we kind of lose sight of him every now and then. Mm. Um, I think his backstory is horrifying, mm-hmm. but fascinating. You hear his monologue to Tyrion about it. Um, but he's an enigma still. Even though we do get that backstory, you don't really know what he's capable of, even oh. though he's done all of this stuff. He is possibly, I would say he's one of the most powerful people in the world because he's armed with this kind of knowledge and he has his little birds. I think um, he's one of the smartest characters in the show. Absolutely. I would say. Absolutely. If not the smartest because he's playing the long game. Mm-hmm. And I really value smart characters. Yeah. Idiocy annoys me. With, there's one character who's maybe not the brightest, so I really have anti, but... Um, <laughs> John Snow. No, actually. No, he also qualifies. <laughs> um, yeah, Varus, for me, with Kings of Varus vs. Littlefinger, I will, characters that are likable rank more highly for me. And I think Varus is extremely likable. Yeah. I mean, I am sort of kind of questioning my decision now to put Littlefinger above Varus. No, it's because too late. This is set in stone. You cannot do this. This is, no, this is now, deadly serious. And I'm thinking about that awful scene where Littlefinger kisses Sansa and I'm like, uh, I don't want that in my life. It's pretty creepy. Um, pretty creepy. But no, uh, I think part of the reason is I, we just see less of Varus. Um, but he's 10 steps ahead of everyone else and you could say all along he's been loyal to the Targaryen regime, but he's not. He's loyal to the people. And he expounded upon that in the last season. Yes. Cares about the realm. Yes. Where, you know, he'll support whoever is best for the realm and whoever supports the people. Mm. Um, And that kind of democratic thinking is, I think, where the show is eventually going to end up. I, you know. We're going to do a little production meeting here. I want to do a season eight preview. Where we can get into these sort of like where will things end? Yeah. Sort of line. I tend to agree that it will also there will not be a king in the end. It will be a democracy, but we can dive into that. We can certainly do that. And Boris will definitely play a role there. Um, Leave us a review with five stars <laughs> if you think that we should <laughs> do another episode on Game of Thrones. Is that how we do this? Is that how things? Is that how the podcast? Is this is podcasting? Are, are we podcasters now? Are we? <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and Varys sort of, like Littlefinger, like Lance Raider, is someone who starts with nothing and yeah. rises above it. Yeah. Um, which again, I'm, apparently the soft spot for. Apparently, but not I'm, soft enough. Because I'm a goddamn capitalist here, right? You are. You want success, fucking earn it. Mark. One of these goddamn communists. Marco. <laughs> um, anything else about Varys? I mean, he has the classic quote about about power um power is a curious thing three great men a king a priest and a rich man between themselves a common sellsword each great man great man bids a sellsword kill the other two who lives who dies dot 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 
Power resides where men believe it resides. It's a trick, a shadow on the wall, and a very small man can cast a very large shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet again, there's the quote that summarizes the character. Yeah. That's Paris. Um, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's a little finger. Why well, I like having on my screen more. That's really what it comes down to for That's me. Fair. That's why he's right there. Um, That's fair. It's interesting how they are. I think if you had 100 Game of Thrones fans do a list, Lars and Littlefinger would be within like three spots on everyone's list. I would, They're yeah. very much tied together. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Also, there's that moment where he came out in the season six finale. Um, they're like, oh, what, what are we going to do about this? Like, what can we use to, you know, be the Lannisters? And Varys comes out and he's like, fire and blood. <laughs> and Yet again. And you're, Greatest Everyone. episode of all uh, time. So good. Uh, Everyone like, lost Mars their shit. is here. Yeah. He used a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into those issues. Uh, did you ever see the map? It was like, it's a map showing where all the main characters travel in season seven. And it was no. like, and then it shows the army of the, of the undead. And it, yeah. they moved like 30, 30 <laughs> feet, basically. <laughs> Everyone's just flying around the continent. And they oh, moved like six inches. It's crazy. Oh, Oh man, I hold out hope that season eight's gonna be better. Foolishly, perhaps. Yeah. But. All right, so where are we? Are you, you're oh, twelve. God, I have no idea. Uh, I think my twelve, and then my my twelve was bar, so I think I went to my my eleven. Okay. Have you done your twelve? I my twelve was little finger. And then I did my twelve. Okay, so I think we're on my eleven. Okay, and then it'll switch to me. Yes. Okay. My eleven is Stannis Baratheon. Not on your list. Stannis Baratheon did not make my list, okay. and he did, and I did not. Actually, think, mention him on my list of people that no, I did not list. I think there's an um, entire um, realm of major nerds who just like tore their hair out upon hearing this. Segments of the internet this. fucking love Stannis, and I get it. I get it. I'm sort of in, in line with them. Um, I don't have detailed notes. I didn't have time to take notes on everyone <laughs> um, because life gets in the way. But why oh, do I love Stannis? Um, He is an asshole, <laughs> but he is an asshole who, his heart's in the right place. Um, yeah. The, the, he, the quote, I don't remember off the top of my head, but the quote is like, um, you know, initially I didn't want to go north, but I was convinced to because I had the cart before the horse. I have to, like... I want I want to be given the realm in order to save it, but I need to save the realm in order to be given it. Yeah. Something along those lines, and just like he realized that everyone else is fucking around in King's Landing, mm-hmm. and a true king, a king who deserves to be on the throne, would go north, yeah, and protect the realm. And he is technically, I would say, the rightful heir. Oh, a thousand. Well, uh, if ass- Robert's kids are illegitimate, assuming it goes to the that sibling. Robert is the legitimate heir because he took the throne by force, which I guess. I mean, how else do you switch dynasties in that point? That's yeah, it's a fair point. So, so I guess then, I then, then yes. Well, he's dead now, so yeah. I don't know. There, there is no legitimate king at this point. No, that's slaughter. Which is maybe how we slatter away the democracy, but that's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm wishing I had taken more notes here, but I just... He's interesting to me. Um, he's interesting in his 
complete commitment to the law, <laughs> no matter what. Yeah. Um, it's an it's honor of a sort. He reminds me of, I don't know if you're as familiar with Les Mis, but maybe some listeners are, um, Javert. Um, very, very stuck to the law and doesn't have bad intentions, but the fact that he is so set in his ways and has this set ideal of good versus bad, it ends up making him do bad things. And it makes him become the villain, despite sticking to what he thinks is right. I could see that for Santa. Yeah, it's very, I think it's very similar. His obsession with the fact that he was the rightful heir, let him to burn his own daughter alive to try try and escape, and then he died anyway. Um, I know I've read a lot of criticism online of the way that Stannis was handled by the writers. A lot of people thought that the writers had a sort of vendetta against Stannis to make him look bad. Um, And I mean, there's definitely evidence to support that. Um, He's... I just find him interesting, and I'm really struggling to put into words why, and I'm really wishing I had taken more detailed notes ahead of time, because <laughs> I'm feeling very caught my pants down. I am also regretting not including him on my list, but I genuinely... If you don't I care guess, about him, you don't care about him, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I care more about Shireen than I care about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, I, you know, he is an interesting character, and the fact that he would completely adopt a new religion and dedicate himself to some god. Murder his brother. Murder his brother. Murder his daughter. It's a kind of desperation that only comes with someone fully and completely believing that what they're doing is the only and the right way. An absolute iron will. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm gonna... um, We'll use stance there. I feel like I'm not quite... Express my thoughts right, but so it goes. Um, on to your number 11, I believe. My number 11 on is... On the board of the top 10 here. This is very exciting. Oh my god, we're getting there. My number 11 is Davos. I have Davos higher. I figured you would. I love me some Davos. So, 